0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the the lead pastor here. And you are joining us for week three of our series, God With Us. And we are celebrating what's known as the incarnation, the fact that Jesus left heaven, uh, took on flesh, and as fully God, came to this earth as fully man. And he was both at the same time. And that's what is known in scripture as the, the incarnation, the fact that he came with us. He came to dwell where we are. And that is something that we want to celebrate here at Ridgeview. That's something that we want to actually look at and kind of glean, well, what does that actually mean for our everyday lives? Something that happened like 2,000 years ago. Well, what difference does that make today? So hopefully in this series, you've been encouraged by the different things that you're facing and how Jesus coming here and being with us, how that makes a difference. And so I want to start with the scripture that we've started every a week, and it's Matthew one twenty three and it says this, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which mean God is with us. And those words, God is with us, can provide a lot of comfort, uh, can provide a lot of help if we actually take the time to consider uh, what that means. And so the first week of the series, we talked about how God with us is also the case in the valleys, like even in the valleys that we face, these times where maybe life is not going as we want, God is with us. And it's at those times that we seek Him, and we can actually know him in an intimate way more than when we're on the mountaintops, when things are going really well. Last week, we talked about how God is with us in the wilderness. And these are maybe some prolonged times in life where we're waiting and we're wandering. And it feels like we just need some things to happen and they haven't yet. And we talked a lot about how 2020 has been that for us, kind of a wilderness wandering for, for all of us. But it's in those times that we actually can, again, we can turn to God uh, for help. We can glean into his word. We can pray and, and he guides us in these times. And as we wait on him, we learn. And as we wait on him, we realize that, that he is good. So today we're going to continue with these themes of these different environments. and We're going to talk about how God is with us in the storm. And we all face many storms in life. And if you've ever been in a big storm like a hurricane, uh, they have names. Meteorologists began in 1954 naming storms. And originally they named the storms after their girlfriends or their wives. Now, I don't know if that's really a compliment. If you have a hurricane named after you. Uh, but the idea was, let's give this thing a name so we can call it and everybody knows what we're talking about, where it's Hurricane Wilma or, or Katrina, and, and whatever it is. Now, these storms uh, devastate. Uh, they go into an area and these hurricanes, they, they just tear things up. Well, in our own life, we have storms as well that have names. These are things that, that we experience that, that are, are very difficult. And so most of our storms have names. Here's some, and I kind of have some on a list here you can see. Uh, some of our storms are our fear. We certainly have that storm raging all around us right now. Fear, fear of COVID-19, fear of the unknown, fear of our future, uh, fear of, of messing up, of doing the wrong thing. Uh, fear is a, a real storm that we all battle with, and it, it really can just toss us around. Another storm is depression. We talked about that some last week, but this the, the storm of depression where it feels like we're in a haze, we, we can't really get ahead, we, we feel directionless, we feel like we're powerless, and it's a real struggle. Well, that's a storm we can find ourselves in too. Another one is discontentment. Uh, everything in your life, you look around and it just seems like it's not coming together like you'd hoped. And that's real easy to all experience. We, we know that, man, we just long for some things to happen and they haven't yet. And we're in that storm of discontentment. Another one is is waiting. And oftentimes those are connected. As we're in the storm of discontentment, uh, the waiting storm kind of follows it. And we just get tired of waiting. We can get impatient. Uh, The last is just disappointment. When you're in a storm for a prolonged time, you're just disappointed because you're done. Uh, One of the things that we have in Fontana is the the weather pattern of wind. And if you live here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, we had a run the last few days where it was just so windy and you just can't even go outside. You you open your car door and it it may fly off. But it's interesting in those windy times, it's just, you want nothing else but but it to end. But when it doesn't end, it just rages on. And this is how life can feel as well. Whether it's fear, discontentment, the waiting, the disappointment. Well, what does that relate to this? God is with us. Well, what's really interesting, and you may have experienced this as well, but when you face real storms in your life, real hardships, problems, one of the things that's easy for us to do is to actually question God's existence. Now, we may know He exists in a general sense. Like, we know He's he's there. We may even know that He made us. But it's the idea of like, God, are you really here for me? Are you really here to, to help me? It's in these storms that we begin to wonder, Is God really looking out for my interests? Does he hear me when I pray? And it's very interesting and it's very difficult in these times where you have to really battle your own mind because what happens in your head becomes a thought. And because you have the thought, it seems like it's true. So oftentimes in these storms, we get thoughts that aren't necessarily true, but they feel so real because we've had them. We've thought them. And so I want to start with this overarching point of how God is with us in the storms, and then kind of build on that uh, with scripture. And it's this, never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. When you become a follower of Christ and you decide to follow him with your, your whole life, you actually are not going to have a storm-free life. In fact, you may face even more storms because of choices you're needing to make, hard choices. But never doubt that God is with you because you're facing hard things. So never doubt the presence of God because you face storms. I want to share a story from the New Testament in the book of Acts. And Acts is written after the gospels. The gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are really testaments of Jesus' life, the beginning of his ministry, his, his birth, his ministry, and his death and his resurrection. Well, after the book of John, the last of the gospels is the book of Acts. And this is the Acts of the early church, the New Testament, the church being started. And you're seeing the spread of Christianity. And uh, one of the central figures is Paul. Paul was a persecutor of the church. He actually went out of his way to try to kill Christians to stop this movement of Christianity. He was a serious Jew. He followed the law. He was very legalistic. He was a zealot. Uh, for God's law. And he saw this movement of Christianity being against that because it it wasn't Jewish. And so he did all that he could in his power to work against Jesus Christ and his ministry and his early followers. Well, as you may have learned, there's a story uh, where Jesus gets Paul's attention and he's traveling on this road to Damascus. And Jesus gets his attention and says, "Why, why are you persecuting me? And basically like, stop it. And he goes from the greatest persecutor to now this person who is spreading Christianity. And the book of Acts is a lot about his life. It's a lot about this transformation that happened on the inside out, the storms that he had faced in his life, but in the middle of it, God coming through. And in Acts 27, he is traveling. He had been arrested and he appealed to Caesar because he was a Roman citizen. And once you appeal to Caesar, you can appear to to Caesar according to their law, to bid your case. Basically the idea is you can't just be held without cause. And so he was using what he knew within his legal rights to to gain uh, influence. And so he was just talking to every leader he could to gain influence. And the reason he was gaining influence is because he wanted to share the story of Christianity. He wanted to share the difference that Jesus had made in his life. It wasn't about his personal freedom. It was about the message of Jesus. And so in Acts 27, he's going on his way to uh, to Italy, and there's a storm that begins to rage on this boat that he's in. And the reason I want to illustrate this is we're talking about storms, and this is a literal storm that's happening on this like journey that he's on. And I want to, to kind of draw out things that are happening in this story because I think it does illustrate what we face, not in literal storms, but in the, some of the storms that, that I've mentioned. And so let's pick up in uh, verse 18. It says this, since we were violently storm-tossed They began the next day to jettison the cargo. So it's so bad. They're just throwing stuff overboard. Verse 19, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Verse twenty. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of us being saved was at last abandoned. So they're at this point where they're on this journey and the weather had been bad. And it kept being bad, and it kept being bad. And they just hoped it would get better, but this storm was raging and it was lasting to the point where they're thinking, okay, we just gotta start throwing stuff overboard so we can survive this thing. So they're doing that, they're doing that, and at the end they just think, well, we've done all that we can, there's no hope for us. This is just important to kind of pause on for a moment. Because in the storms of life, the things that we're facing, the hard things, it's very easy to get into that same uh, mentality. We're doing all that we can. And in the end, it's not enough. And that's when we begin, where are you, God? But it's in those moments where we've done all that we can, that now the presence of God is made known even realer to us. There's a sense like when you've done all you can and it's not enough, you now are beginning to say, well, I need help. I need power. I need resources. I need a map to move forward. And this is the the point that all these people were in on this boat. They're on this journey. They have Paul with them, God's man. And they're thinking, well, why is all this going wrong? This is Paul. He is spreading Christianity to the whole world. What is this? Why is this happening? And the story goes on in, in verse 21. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me. And not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. So very interesting. They wanted to move ahead with this journey and Paul had advised them, you know, guys, let's wait for a better environment. Let's wait for this storm to to pass before we just jump right in the middle of it. And we don't know all the reasons that they wanted to go on, but I'm sure some of it was like, we have a plan. And so we want to move with the plan. We're going to go forward. And so Paul, in this moment, after everything had kind of settled down, he'd seen the destruction. He'd seen the, the look on these men's faces. He decides to tell them, Guys, I, I told you so. Now, I don't know if you have friends like that or family members like that or loved ones, but you make a decision and, long story short, it kind of ends up, Well, I, I told you this might happen. Now, he's not doing that to smear it in their face. He's doing it to say, you know, guys, there's just times where we just make decisions that aren't good. The reason I bring that up is you might be facing some storms right now and it's completely your fault, right? Isn't that true? You experience some things and you're maybe experiencing pain right now, but it's from the decisions you've made. Maybe there's a relationship that you have that's strained. And if you were to peel back the layers and peel back the exchanges and kind of rerun what happened, a lot stems maybe the way that you spoke to that person, maybe your attitude towards that person. So when you look at this relationship that's strained, you might have a lot to blame in that storm. You might financially be struggling right now, but if you're honest, and again, you peel back the layers and you look at your spending, or you maybe look at like the way it's so easy to be impulsive and you see something, you, you buy it, but you don't have the money. Well, you can be in a financial storm because of decisions that you've made. Now, whatever it is, whether it's relationships, whether it's at work, whether it's in your finances, we all find ourselves in storms. That's completely our fault. The reason I bring that up is one of the things that we have to watch out for when this happens is self-condemnation. Self-condemnation is that, that idea of you blew it. Why did you do that again? Here we are in this hurricane of your decisions and you keep saying you're gonna change and you don't. You keep saying you're gonna make different decisions and you don't. You're nothing, you're scum, and and we can condemn ourselves. And then we begin to just even maybe rationalize, well, why would God help me? I did this to myself. Since I did this to myself, I'm gonna get myself out of it. It's very interesting. Paul brings that up to just point to the fact that like, guys, we're experiencing this storm, and a lot of it's because of the decisions that you made. And so he's just calling it out. Not to smear it, but just say, We face storms because of decisions we make. Now, the opposite is true. You may be experiencing a storm and it's nothing to do with the decision that you've made. In fact, you may experience a storm because of what somebody else has done. Your parents may have been divorced and you experience the storm of a broken family. You may experience financial strain, but it may not be from your decisions. It may be from someone else. You may experience conflict at work, but it's not because of you. It's because of somebody else that maybe dropped the ball, that missed a deadline. Now, what you have to watch out for that is not self-condemnation there. It's bitterness. In the storms that we find ourselves that are not our fault, oftentimes it's so easy to get bitter. How could they do it? Why did they do that against me? Were they not thinking? What is wrong with them? And you know what? For me in my life, I experience this all at the same time. I can beat myself up, condemn myself. And then I look at other people and become bitter at the things that they've done that impact me. The reason I say that is that's normal. And then this story that's happening, Paul's just getting it out there so people see like, okay, we made these decisions. Not everyone on the boat made the decision, right? There are people that are there just to help, like deckhands. They didn't make the decision, but they're impacted by it. And Paul's just saying, let's just get this out so we know There's a storm that's happened that's come from decisions that have been made. And he's doing that, I think, to allow the people to recognize, okay, maybe I didn't know everything. And oftentimes the storms that we experience are a great reminder to us of how limited our understanding is. We can't see everything. We don't know everything. We don't have the power to change. And so Paul's calling this out. And it's that reminder, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. And Paul knew this. He called it out. He saw that they were desperate. And in this moment, now he begins, they're ready to listen. And this is what he says in verse 22. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And so he's saying, you know what? Some of you have blown it. Some of you are experiencing the impact of that and it wasn't even your decision. Here we are. We're in the middle of this storm. We've lost most of our gear. All hope is lost, it seems. But he reminds them, don't doubt the presence of God. And he used that words, take heart. The idea is choose courage, be courageous. Such an important thing to remind ourselves of. It. In the middle of the storms, God is with us. We can take heart because his presence is there. And then he goes on in verse 23. Check this out. This is his reason to take heart. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. So he has their attention. He says, listen, we we shouldn't have gone on this journey, but we did. But take courage. God's with us. The reason I know that is because tonight I saw a very vision. I saw an angel of the Lord here with us representing the presence of God. Now, we don't talk a lot in our normal everyday conversations about this spiritual world. And we've talked about that Summit Ridgeview because it is real and it exists. And Paul is telling all these people on the boat, listen, there's a spiritual world. And I've seen with my own eyes an angel of the Lord that's here with us representing the God whom I worship. So in the middle of all of our hopelessness and all of our fear and all of our discouragement and the fact that it's lost in the middle of this storm, God's protection is over us. An angel of the Lord is with us. And we can't really even fathom how that works because we don't think in those terms and we can't see it with our own eyes. But Paul is just reminding us to take a look and see You know that there is God's hand Over us, When you decide to follow him, when you turn to him for help, when you cry out in desperation, even if you've been going your own way your whole life, he is there and he has angels protecting you, looking over you, watching over you because he is the Lord, the God, our God. And he he leads an army, a spiritual army that's fighting against the darkness that we experience in our lives and in our world. Now, why is that important? Well, if we remember that God is with us, who is with us, it really does determine what we do. And that's the second point. Who is with you determines how you react and what you do. When you're all alone, you know, when you were younger, if you were ever scared and you were all alone in the dark, what did you do? You ran to your parents. You may went into their, their room and said, mom and dad, I'm so scared. What will you, Will you pray for me? Or will you come into my room? Will you check under my bed? Because you're all alone in the dark. And life can feel like that as well. We feel all alone in the dark. We feel all alone in the storm. But we're actually not alone. And if you're not alone, that impacts the reaction that you have. You don't have to give into fear because the Lord, your God, is with you. You don't have to give into discouragement because He will be your help. And There's a scripture where Paul describes this as well in in another letter he wrote to his protege, explaining what it means to be a spiritual leader. And he describes his life. And notice in Acts 27, he's testifying to this truth. He's in this real experience of this storm. But then in 2 Timothy, this letter he writes, notice the same themes. And it says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Paul is now describing a time in which physically he was all alone. There was nobody within his proximity to help him. Here he is trying to spread Christianity, the good news of Jesus Christ and his helpers, his teachers, his workers, everyone's deserting. They're leaving him. They're bailing. The pressure was too much. The storm was raging on. But he stood fast in the storm. He stood. And in that, he realized, notice the words, he stood by me, the Lord. He strengthened me so that through me, I, I might actually accomplish the purpose that he's given me. I love that. Who is with you? If the Lord is with you, God with us, if he is with you, it impacts the way that you react and it impacts what you do. You can have a purpose. Because even if the storm rages and the things that you wanted to happen don't happen, God has something else for you. God will lead you to something. He gives you meaning. He gives you purpose. It's not in your own goals. So even as a storm blows up something that you wanted to happen, God's got something else. And so there's so much comfort that we can find. And here's another truth. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. In both these instances in 2 Timothy and Acts 27, what Paul is saying is, look, these are real things. I've been deserted. Now I'm on a ship in the middle of nowhere without any help. But I still have peace. Because I know that Jesus is with me. I still have peace. Because I'm not alone even when I am. Because the presence of God is with me. Check out this scripture in John 16. This is actually from Jesus. Notice the same theme. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, storms. But take heart because I have overcome The world. I just need to just remember that scripture. The peace is not found in peaceful times. Lack of storms. The real peace is found in Jesus. In fact, he says you're going to have so many trials and sorrows. And isn't that true? Let's just call it what it is. It's true. The scriptures are true. Even when it calls out things that we may not want to hear, we will have many trials and we will have many sorrows in this life life is hard. It's filled with storms. And so if our kind of measure of the good life is the lack of storms, we're going to be so disappointed. But if the measure of life is the help we get in the storms, that's where peace comes. I just love that picture. The fact that in the middle of it, God helps. So let's continue the story in Acts 27. I'm gonna read verse 23 again. It says, for this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship, And 24. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So this is where it's not just to survive the storm. The angel reminds Paul it's not just surviving right now. It's to accomplish the mission and the purposes that God has given you. So I think what happens in life is the storms come in our life and they're raging and we're windblown and we're soaked and we're cold and we're shaking. And it's in that moment we say, God, I still have you. I can have peace in you. And it's in those moments that, that our faith becomes more real. In the storm, our faith is strengthened because we need Jesus more than we ever have. And once our faith is strengthened, now we're actually ready to take on more assignments. We're ready to share our faith with others. We're ready to take a stand for Jesus Christ. We're ready to give back 10% of our income to Him because that's what He's commanded. We're ready to actually put the goals and interests of others above our own. We're ready to live an honest, open life, to not fake it, to not be deceitful. All of things we're ready to do because we've experienced the peace in the middle of the storms. And this is what the angel reminded Paul. You will appear before Caesar because that's the purpose for which God has arranged it. And not only that, but all the men with you, they are going to be fine. So I think from this, here's another main point. God will use what you learn in your storm to prepare you to help others through their storms. That's part of the purpose. So our faith is strengthened in the storm. Now we get a new assignment to extend the kingdom of God. And so many times, the way you extend it is by you give hope to people in the storms that they're facing. If you face the storm where maybe you've had a loved one that's passed away, and that was a storm that raged, and maybe you really battled that for a long time, and you, you prayed for healing, and you, you, you prayed that, that God would really just restore their health and and maybe it didn't happen and maybe they passed away and you battled in that storm, but your faith was strengthened because God brought comfort. Do you know there's somebody in your life that's probably just about to face the same thing if they have not already? The loss of somebody that they love. And so part of what God wants to do in your storm you're facing right now is to prepare you give you lessons, give you convictions, this understanding that God has been with me. I've experienced his peace so that you can share that with other people. Because I don't know about you, when somebody comes to me and identifies with what I've been experiencing and they share their own life and how they've struggled and how God's come through, do you know how much comfort that brings? Right, We're, we're not alone. Just like the angel reminded Paul, you, you have a purpose here. We need to be reminded of that as well. God, will you help us to use the storms that we're facing right now to, to be an encouragement to those that face those same storms later? My wife and I, I've shared this before, but my wife and I, when we were trying to have kids, we, we couldn't have kids for uh, quite a while. And we waited and we waited And we went through the process of getting tested for infertility. We went through this process of praying and just waiting and waiting. And I remember in my life, this was a storm that raged uh, for quite a while. And for months and months and months and months and months and months it went on. And I just remember every day I'd wake up kind of in a pit in my stomach. Like I'd wake up and I think this is going to be a good day. And then I was like, why do I have a pit in my stomach? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. where it's almost you forget what's happening in your life. And then once you kind of come to, you're like, oh yeah, I have that. And that's what it was for us. And for those of you that know us, we now have three kids and God granted us those kids at just the right time. And I don't know what the problem was and I don't know why we had to wait, but I believe a big part of it was what I'm saying. We needed to experience this storm so that our faith would grow. That in the middle of it, when we were starting to kind of wonder, well, what if we never have kids? And we started to kind of look at our future very differently. You kind of face that, that reality of, like, will I never be a dad? Am I still going to be okay? Is my life still going to be what I want? Is this still uh, something God can use me in? And you, you have to ask those questions and wrestle with those things, especially when you long for something. But it was in that waiting, it was in that storm that our, our faith was strengthened. And now we can strengthen others that are facing the same thing. I know there's people right now in our church that that would love to get pregnant with their first kid or or more kids and they're waiting. We have other friends and family. It's the same. And So God's going to use the storms you face to strengthen others. But you have to allow him in the middle to strengthen your faith so that you have something to give to others when they face their storm. And so I encourage you, hang in there. Ask God what he wants to teach you, keep turning to him for help, keep praying to him and ask him to come through. And he will. And I love how the angel commanded this to to Paul and he's communicating it to the men. And then in verse 25, this is, I think, a word for all of us. So take heart, men, to take heart, all of us, men and women, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Take heart. God's commands are true. If he says it, he will do it. His promises are sure. They will not fail. When Jesus says, you will have peace in me, he's not lying. He's not maneuvering. He's not selling you anything. It is true. So take heart. That's that other picture, like take courage, have uh, boldness, like confidence in God. Not our circumstances, not in the storm, but in God himself. And the last point is this, my faith, your faith, is not in what I see. It's not in what I see. It's not in what we see. My faith is in what God says. And I think the picture of the storm Go back to like the Fontana winds. I don't know if you've ever been trying to go to the store when it's really windy and you try to look out. Can you see much? No. The wind is raging. I mean, it's flapping your eyes closed. Not only that, but all the dust and every debris on this uh, land over here. It's just everywhere. And you just, you can't see. You got grit in your eyes and that's like a storm. You can't see in the middle of a storm. So your faith can't be on what you can see because in a storm, it's all distorted. The winds are blowing. The rain is... Is howling that the waves are crashing. It's just all distorted. So it can't be on what we see. What do we want to see? Well, we want to see our plans. We, we want to see our ideas. We want to see the things that we want, our goals. We want to see all these things happen. And the storm, you just can't see it at all. So our faith can never be in our own plans or our own ideas. Our faith can't be in, in anyone else. Our faith is in what God says. And I want to end with this scripture from Psalm 46. And this is one of our next steps today to spend some time on this. But pay attention to these words. Psalm 46, verse one through three. It says, God is our refuge and strength. So as I read this, just pay attention and you'll see it on the screen. But like, what are the words that just stand out to you? So let's start again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, We will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Selah is like, stop and think. So notice the end of it's talking about this this swelling, the waters roaring, the storm that's brewing. But then the beginning of it is what? God is our refuge, He's our protection. And he's our strength. He's the help that we need. Who is with us determines how we react and what we do. My faith is not in what I see. It's in what God says. He is my help in trouble. He is your help in trouble. As we turn to him, as we ask him for help, as we seek his word, don't use the storm As a way to just get into your storm shelter and do life alone. Like, you know, when a hurricane comes, you you open the shelter. I don't know if you've ever seen those. And You you just climb in there and you go down and you just, you camp out there. And for many of us, that makes sense. We got to protect ourselves. But actually, we don't even have faith in the shelter. The shelter is God. We don't run. We pull into God and he helps us. So I want to encourage you. Name the storm you're facing and ask God in the middle of this for him to give you peace. And then as you're experiencing and fighting and battling for that peace, open up the word, start with Psalm 46 and take some time. And that's where I want to start with just some next steps. The first is meditate on Psalm 46 and memorize verse one through three. So you're going to meditate on the whole Psalm. Meditation is, is this word like when a cow chews the grass, it keeps chewing it and chewing it. And then it kind of actually like swallows it, regurgitates It's kind of gross, but choose it and choose it. That's what meditation is. Normally, we don't do that with anything we read. We turn pages, reread words, and then we're done. What did you learn? I have no idea. Schools trained us to do that. It's like a checkbox. But to meditate on God's word is you, you read it, you stop, you think. You pay attention to words. You read it, you stop, you ask questions. What does this mean for me? What was the warning? What was the promise? That's meditation. So I encourage you, take that next step this week. Second, pray for an opportunity to comfort someone in a storm you've been in. Who around you is facing a storm? Just look. It's so easy to focus on our own storm, but who around you is in a storm that you can comfort, that you can help? You can just say, you know what? I don't know all that you're facing, but I love you and and I'm praying for you. If there's anything I can do to help, reach out to them. And then third, Pray for and invite friends and family to our family Christmas service. We're so excited. Next Sunday, December 20th, our family Christmas service is at 6 p.m. at the Vine parking lot in Rancho. Uh, their church has been so gracious to let us use uh, their facilities. We have extra space other than the park. I know for some of you, uh, you're not yet ready to be in person. And so we're actually going to be live streaming. It. So next week, we're not going to have our Sunday morning service at 10 We're going to live stream our family Christmas service at six. And so we'll communicate with you the details of that. But if there's people in your life that might be interested, please invite them. Uh, Share the link uh, with the information on our website, Facebook. You can share our event with them. But we are praying for this. We're excited to share the truth that God is with us with so many people that need him in this season. So thank you for joining us today today. Uh, Fill out your connection card like Joel uh, has mentioned. Uh, Go ahead and do that. And we would love to pray for you as well. So let us know how we can. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your scripture, which reminds us of what is real and true about life. The fact that storms are always going to come and they're going to distort things, but your presence is still there. So God, thank you for for that fact that we don't have to look at a storm and think that you've left us or that we're alone. No, we can look at the storm and know that we actually can experience peace. And that's so counterintuitive because there is no peace in storms. But with you, when we follow you, there is peace. So thank you for that. God, I pray that we will turn to your word today and this week, that we will really take the time to meditate on it and that you'll just give us uh, the truth that we need to hear and we need to apply to our lives. I pray for all those people right now facing storms with, with illness, with discouragement, with disappointment, with, with other health issues, with financial struggles, with relationship problems. I pray for all those people right now facing those storms. Will you draw near to them, God? And will they have faith in what you say and not what they see? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.